Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you today. I'm so thankful that you tuned in and joined us today. In this particular episode, I want to pick up in our series, To All Generations. And in this series, we're looking at the specific things that God said will endure to all generations, that will apply to all generations, that He promises will remain to all generations. And so I hope that these are encouraging words for you. We've had a good bit of a break between the the last episode and this one, and I apologize for the delay, but I do want to try to wrap these lessons up here in short order. I believe we probably have two or three perhaps after this one, but I want us to get into this one today. So this is lesson five of our To All Generations series. We have looked at several things that the scriptures tell us endure or will apply to all generations. And so I want to pick up with the next one of those now. And that is the dominion and reign of God, of the King, our Lord. And to start out, I want us to look in Psalm 145, verse 13. And I want to read that to you now. This is one of the foundational scriptures for this particular episode. There's two of them. This is the first one. Psalm 145, verse 13. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion is endures throughout all generations. The psalmist here is singing of God's majesty and love. This is King David writing this. He's talking about the rule and reign of our Lord, of our God. And he says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. So he's talking about the dominion associated with God as king. The dominion would be the rule or the realm, the realm of the kingdom. The power to rule, it includes as well. His authority, his ability, his right to rule, and the domain, the scope of his rule. Next, I want us to look at the very next chapter, Psalm 146, where we find the companion base scripture for this particular episode, considering the dominion and the reign of our God as King. And it is found in Psalm 146, verse 10. And it says this, The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the psalmist here says that our God, our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the only true and living God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, He will reign forever. 
our God to all generations. Hallelujah. He's going to reign as king. It's speaking of the one who has ascended the throne, been inducted into royalty, and now rules as king. Hallelujah. This is our God. Praise God. He is the royal ruler. He is the one that has the right to rule in this dominion, in this realm, in this reign, in this kingdom as the royal and regal majestic king, king of all kings. In Genesis 1.16, we find the very first use of this word translated in Psalm 145 as dominion when it's speaking of the realm of authority for the sun and the moon that God placed. I want us to look at a few other scriptures as we try to glean a few things from the Bible about these concepts of God's dominion and his reign. This is repeated for us also in Psalm 136, verses 8 and 9, when it speaks of those two great lights that God created to rule the daytime and the nighttime. And so it's speaking of that same type of dominion or the realm, the area, the authority that they have, and the area and dominion that they can rule in. In 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 19, this word is used speaking of the land or the area that is underneath Solomon's rule, the space or the scope of his authority as well. Psalm 103, verse 22 says this, Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. God's dominion is the whole of the entirety of the universe, heavens and the earth. The whole of the universe is the place of his dominion. Psalm 114. This one narrows it down a little bit in terms of some of God's dealings in terms of people. And it says this in Psalm 114, verses 1 and 2. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob, from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary, and Israel his dominion. In other words, God chose Israel out as a special people to himself, which is what he says in the Torah, and they became his subjects in his kingdom. He became king over them. And they were his dominion. That nation became his people and he became their king. Very interesting as we look at this last section of scripture that I want us to cover. And it's found beginning in Micah chapter 4 in the book of Micah. It's one of the book of the 12 or the 12 minor prophets the book of Micah in the scriptures, and I'd like for us to begin the reading in Micah chapter 4, 
And I want to start the reading in verse 6, and we're going to read a few verses into chapter 5, beginning in Micah chapter 4, verse 6. In that day, says the Lord, I will assemble the lame, I will gather the outcast, and those whom I have afflicted. I will make the lame a remnant, and the outcast a strong nation, so the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion, or Mount Zion from now on, even forever. And you, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come, even the former dominion shall come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. Now why do you cry aloud? Is there no king in your midst? Has your counselor perished? For pangs have seized you like a woman in labor. Be in pain and labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in birth pains. For now you shall go forth from the city, you shall dwell in the field, and to Babylon you shall go. There you shall be delivered. There the Lord will redeem you from the hand of your enemies. Now also many nations have gathered against you who say, Let her be defiled and let our eye look upon Zion. But they do not know the thoughts of the Lord, nor do they understand his counsel. For he will gather them like sheaves to the threshing floor. Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will make your horn iron, and I will make your hooves bronze. You shall beat in pieces many peoples. I will consecrate their gain to the Lord and their substance to the Lord of the whole earth. Chapter 5. Now gather yourself in troops, O daughter of troops. He has laid siege against us. They will strike the judge of Israel with a rod on the cheek. But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old from everlasting. Therefore he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, And this one shall be peace. We'll stop the reading right there. This is a messianic prophetic word about Messiah, Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. We know that to be true. This context has proven this. And I wanted to begin in Micah chapter 4 a little bit because this is where he begins to tell them about the dominion that is coming, who it's going to be, and somewhat how it's going to occur. We read more here than perhaps what we realize or have ever realized before. I'd like to direct your attention regarding Micah chapter 4, verse 8, specifically to one of my earlier episodes in the Countdown to the Manger series. In the Countdown to the Manger series, in the third lesson, 
where we dealt with one, and the one that we talked about there is the manger, I bring in from Micah chapter 4, verse 8, some things that may tell us more about the birth of Jesus Christ in the manger, and perhaps even where it was located, the area it was located in. But we almost all are familiar, and this is repeated many times, at the Christmas season when we celebrate and remember the birth of Jesus Christ about Micah chapter 5, verse 2. We remember how that connects us to Matthew chapter 2, when the kings of the east or the magi from the east come seeking the king of the Jews that Daniel told them about, and they find out that he is to be born in Bethlehem, Ephrathah. That's the same Bethlehem that David would shepherd the fields of. And so we find out about the shepherds that are there. They are temple shepherds that are there at the time of Jesus' birth. And we read the story in Luke chapter 2 about all of how that came about and so forth. And Jesus was laid in a manger. So Micah chapter 4 verse 8 connects us to Matthew chapter 2 and to Luke chapter 2 in some powerful ways, as does Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Both of those things I've covered in the Countdown to the Manger series in Lesson 1 and in Lesson 3, I believe, are the two lessons where I cover those two specific scriptures and tie them in with the Gospel accounts. What I want to bring out today, though, is how this section speaks to us about the dominion of Jesus, and it prophetically speaks about his coming dominion in both phases. He was coming the first time it was prophesied here, and we have more of the details about this given here, even to the point of where he's going to be born in those fields where the shepherds were. And even though that was the little, a little tribe among the thousands of Judah, a little place, yet that's where he was coming from. But notice in Micah 4, it spoke about the former dominion that he's coming. And part of the proof of that was how he tied the Babylonian captivity that they were going to be sentenced to, to the proof that it was going to come to pass and his word would be true. And just as much as they saw the Babylonian captivity come to pass, then this word would come to pass. And the one who God appointed to be ruler to him, the one that is going to have the dominion and the reign that will be eternal, this one is coming and you can bank on it. You can, it's guaranteed to happen. You can believe God's word. And he proved it because he said it's going to, just as sure as the Babylonian captivity is coming, my son is coming. The one that I have called to be ruler in Israel. And here we even see more in Micah chapter 5 verse 2 about this one to be ruler in Israel. And we find out here that it is, in fact, God himself. God come in the flesh. God the Son, because it says whose goings forth are from of old, from 
everlasting. Now let's look at what that means. The word for goings forth means his place of origin. Where did he originate from? This one who is going to be ruler in Israel. God said his origin, his goings forth, would be from of old, from everlasting. This word means that the descent or the origin, the place from which he came, or the origin from which he came from. And God tells us clearly here that it is from everlasting. Now remember, there's another psalm that says this, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God, speaking of the living God. So this one who was prophesied by Micah to come as a baby in Bethlehem is going to be the ruler. The ruler, the one who has the dominion and will be ruler and his goings forth, his origin is from everlasting, meaning he is God because only the living God is from everlasting to everlasting. Now I want to close us out by reading just a couple of quick scriptures to you about his dominion, about his reign, about his kingdom. And they are found in Daniel. I want to start first with Daniel chapter 2 and verse 34 and 35. And then we're going to jump down to 44 and 45. In Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar has had this dream. Daniel is given the interpretation and the dream by God. So Daniel knows exactly what he dreams and now is telling him what he means. So in, in this first section, in the verse 34 and 35 and so on, he's talking about what Nebuchadnezzar actually dreamed. And in the uh, 44 and 45, he's going to interpret what it was that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream. In verse 34, Daniel says this. Now, he goes through the whole dream. He tells him all about the kingdoms, etc. But in verse 34, he says this. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Now, when we drop down to verse 44 and 45, we find out more about what this means. He sees this stone cut out without any hands and it becomes this great mountain and fills all the earth. What does that mean? Verse 44. And in the days of these kings, the other kings, the other kingdoms that are part of Nebuchadnezzar's statue. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, 
and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar, it's going to happen exactly like God said to you it was going to happen. This dream is a prophetic dream from God, and you can bank on it. It will come to pass. That's what Daniel was telling him. Now, let's turn over to Daniel chapter 7, and let's get one final tidbit on this one who's going to be this ruler, this one who is the same one who's going to have the kingdom that will fill the entire earth and will break in pieces all other kingdoms. Daniel chapter 7, beginning in verse 13. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, hallelujah, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, then to him, to who? This Son of Man, this Son of the living God, Jesus the Messiah. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. So God promises his dominion and his reign will continue to all generations. In other words, God is in control of every time, every season, every age, every part of history, everything going on. And many things are very disturbing that are going on in the earth today. But we need to remember the dominion is his forever. We have a king who is coming back and he will destroy all other kingdoms that stand in opposition to him and that are oppressive and he will rule and reign and we will serve him forever. And this is going to be true for our generation as much as it has been for the last 2,700 years or so since Daniel wrote it. And it's going to be true all the way through into even eternity. Our king, his rulership, his dominion, and his reign is going to endure to all generations and beyond. And praise be to God for that. We can trust him. We can trust him because he's in control of everything that is going on around us and our children and our grandchildren. And we don't have to fear because he is king forever. Praise be to God. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And Lord willing, you can join us again for remaining lessons in this To All Generations series. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.